today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. There are many people who say they know God. Truly, it's remarkable. Do you know who God is? Yes, I do. I know who He is. And maybe that's you this morning. You say you know God. But do you truly glorify Him? And when I say God, who am I speaking of? God, the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is one, but Jesus is God, okay? So we're looking at Jesus. Do you truly glorify the name of Jesus? Many claim to either know God or have a relationship with God in some form or another. The important thing we must ask ourselves and those who make such claims is whether or not God is being glorified. In today's message, Pastor Eric asks us if our relationship with God is a mere proclamation or if it truly brings him glory on a daily basis. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 8 for part one of his message, The Light of the World. Hey, you guys, if you would open up your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to be in verses 12 to 30 today. I know that we did verse 12 last week, but it really continues into this portion of the scripture. So we're going to go back in and look at verse 12. But you know, quickly going back to what we saw last week was that Jesus, um, after the Feast of Tabernacles, was back into the temple and he was preaching, sharing about the kingdom of God to those who were gathered around him. And sure enough, during his teaching in Jerusalem, in the temple, the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day, came in during the middle and brought an adulterous woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Could you imagine that? You know, we talked about it last week. If you could imagine, you know, Pastor Dwight and Dale coming in with somebody who was caught in adultery, you know, what would we be thinking during the middle of service, right? Well, it would be crazy, but it actually happened to Jesus. Now, the Pharisees and the scribes brought this woman to Jesus, really not to point out her, but they were trying to trick Jesus and trying to make him stumble to where they could accuse him and kill him, okay? Uh, That was the heart behind it. And so they said, hey, Jesus, this woman has committed adultery, and in the law of Moses, it says to stone her to death. And sure enough, it does. If you check back into the law, uh, it it says that uh, those who commit adultery, sexual immorality, shall be stoned to death. And so Jesus, though, he stooped down onto the ground and started writing. And they kept on repeating themselves to him. Jesus, this woman was caught in adultery. What are you going to do about it? What do you say that we should do? And then he stood up and he said, He who is without sin, him cast the first stone. He didn't break the law. He stayed with the law. But here's the reality is that the Bible says that their conscience convicted them. And so then they started walking away one by one, finally to the point where it's just the woman and Jesus. And, the, and Jesus says to the woman, where are those who condemn you? Where are they at? Where are your accusers? And she said, no, they're gone. There's no one, Lord. And so then he encourages the woman. He goes, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. 
And so that brings us to verse 12 in our text today. And Jesus is going to continue teaching within the temple. And in his teaching today, we are going to see that Jesus proclaims that he is the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And in our study today, in this statement that Jesus says, he, what, is, what does it mean? What does this statement truly mean? What, were the, what does it mean to the people that Jesus is the light of the world? A huge proclamation that the Lord makes. And don't you know that this time of Jesus being the light of the world comes to us at a great time. It comes to us at a very fitting time. That tells me that God knows what he's doing, amen? He knows what he's doing, and God's timing is always perfect. Why is God's timing always perfect? Because the Bible tells us that God is perfect. God is perfect. And so I titled the message this morning, if you're a note taker, The Light of the World. The Light of the World. All right, let's start by reading verse 12. And then looking at verse 12, because this is the statement that the text is based around, okay? Then Jesus spoke to them again, them meaning the Pharisees, the the scribes, those who were in the temple. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Wow. This is a huge statement, again, proclaimed by Jesus, that he is the light of the world. And we know that, as we read on, that the Pharisees did not believe that Jesus was this light. They didn't believe it. And we will see that here later in our text. But in this statement, I am the light of the world, Jesus is proclaiming his deity as God. Jesus is proclaiming his deity as God, okay? And and remember, in our study, when we began the book of John, the Gospel of John, I said the heart behind the book was to reveal that Jesus is God. Usually when you uh, are around somebody who hasn't read the Bible or who wants to start reading the Bible, John is usually a book that people would recommend. Hey, Start with the Gospel of John. Why is that? Because it points that Jesus is God. And there's a conclusion that a person would have after the end of reading the book, okay? Either Jesus is God or Jesus is not God. And so it's a great book, but that's the heartbeat behind the Gospel of John is to reveal that Jesus is God. I mean, check out the very first verse of John. Many of you know it, but it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? Then it continues on in John uh, 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, who is the only begotten of the Father? Jesus Christ. And so the Word is Jesus, and the Word came and dwelt among us that we could behold His glory. Okay, so Jesus is God. And that's right off the bat in the beginning of the Gospel of John. So God is telling us through the writing of the gospel according to John that Jesus Christ is God. Now Jesus makes this statement. This is key, you guys. Jesus makes this statement that he is the light of the world 
in the treasury of the temple. And we see that in verse 20. And I'll go ahead and read verse 20. We'll reread it here in a little bit. But it says, These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught them in the temple. Okay? So Jesus spoke the words, I am the light of the world in the treasury of the temple. It would also be known as the... Uh, Court of the women is the court of the women would be is another name for the treasury. Okay, now this is a huge deal that Jesus proclaimed this statement in the treasury. Why is it a big deal? This is phenomenal. If you guys remember in our study of John chapter 7, during the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, okay, the Jews would go to the temple and they would have the candles lit within the temple, and they would remember the glory of God. They would remember the pillar of fire, uh, uh, the cloud that God represented himself in as, the, as he took the people from Egypt, from slavery to freedom, okay? And so they would take this time of at the, uh, at the feast to remember the glory of God and how he had delivered them from Egypt. But not only that, but they would also remember... When Solomon had completed the temple, when the Ark of the Covenant came into the temple, that the glory of God filled the temple so much that the people had to leave. They couldn't even be in there because it was so bright. And so as they would remember God's glory and his light, they would set up, uh, go ahead and show this picture, these menorahs that were 75 feet tall in this room, the treasury room. And so once these things, four of these things lit up, you could see this from what uh, historical writings and stuff like that. They said that you would be able to see this uh, a couple miles away because of the brightness of the, the, the candlelight. Amazing, isn't it? So as he's in this room where these 75-foot menorahs would be at, Jesus proclaims that he is the light of the world. And it's quite interesting because Jesus is that statement, the light of the world. Can you see what he was showing the people? You guys are remembering God who has set you free from Egypt. You remember God when his glory fell into this temple. I am God and I am the light, not only to the surrounding area, but into the entire world. That's how far my light shines. Huge statement by Christ, right? Huge. It's actually quite phenomenal. Quite phenomenal. And according to 1 John, as Jesus is proclaiming to be God, John, the same writer as, as we're reading here, in 1 John, he says this in 1 John 1.5. He says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So Jesus is standing in the treasury proclaiming to be the light of the world, proclaiming that he is God, and we know that God is light. Now, light is a metaphor for truth. So not only is God the God of light, but God is a God of truth. And sure enough, don't you know that Jesus Christ said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is proclaiming that he is God, and he is God. And just like light 
uh, is a metaphor for truth. Darkness, on the flip side, is a metaphor for lies, okay? Lies, darkness. Because if God is the God of light and truth, we will see, uh, Lord willing, next week if we get to it, that the devil, Satan, is the father of what? Lies. Which would be what? Darkness. You see how awesome this is? It's truly amazing. And John then continues to say with this understanding that God is light and that God is the God of truth. He says in John, 1 John uh, 1, 6, he says, If we say then we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Guys, God is light. God is truth. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, that God cannot lie. Meaning what? It goes back to what John wrote. There is no darkness in God. He is truth and he is light. Okay? And so there is no darkness in God. And so Jesus is saying to the Jews that he is God. Man, pretty amazing. Because later in John 14, like I mentioned earlier, that Jesus continues with the I am statements. As he says, I am the light, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also says in John that I am the great shepherd, right? Again, continuing, pointing to himself to be God himself. Truly amazing. Now, many people today proclaim they know God. Many people proclaim they know God. I know God. If you would ask anybody, you'd take a little survey. Do you know who God is? Yeah, I know God. Great. But guess what? Not all glorify God. Romans chapter 2, Paul states this. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That's Romans chapter 1. I said two, but it's actually Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. There are many people who say they know God. Truly, it is remarkable. Do you know who God is? Yes, I do. I know who he is. And maybe that's you this morning. You say you know God, but do you truly glorify him? And when I say God, who am I speaking of? God is. The Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is one, but Jesus is God, okay? So we're looking at Jesus. Do you truly glorify the name of Jesus? Because there's a lot of people who are offended by the name of Jesus, who they say, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, let me tell you, then you really don't believe in God, because Jesus is God, okay? And so there's a lot of people who don't glorify God, meaning that they don't follow John chapter 1, verse 14. Again, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. There's a lot of people that do not behold the glory of the only begotten. They would rather say no to him, but they say yes to God, but they say no to Jesus. It makes no sense to me because God 
is Jesus. Jesus is God. Therefore, we need to behold the glory of Jesus Christ. And to behold the glory of God, that has to come through His only begotten. Which means that one must walk in light and not in darkness. See, you can proclaim all day long that you know God, but if you continue to walk in darkness... Listen up, you guys. If you continue to walk in darkness, you're a liar. You're a liar. If you continue to walk in darkness, in the lies of the enemy, you are a liar. You're a liar because you do not practice truth, which is light. You do not practice truth, which is light. If you walk in darkness, then you are not following the light. So the question then is, is do you truly know God? Do you truly know him? Do you truly know Jesus? And have you beheld the glory of the only begotten? If you, hear, if you have, then we must hear the words of Jesus. He says in verse 12, He who follows me, says what? Shall not, what? Walk in darkness. That is the words of Christ. That's not the words of a pastor. That's not the words of a religion or a denomination. That is the words of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to focus on. It's not on what the, the, the man-made church says. It's what Christ says. He says, if you follow me, you shall not walk in darkness. Pretty clear, isn't it? From our Lord Savior, Jesus. Now, it truly, truly bums me out. Because it's seeing and, and hearing uh, all over the news, media, social media, <laughs> there are proclaiming Christians who are standing for darkness. They're standing for darkness, okay? And when I say darkness, you can lump in a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, if you want to look at it, read Romans chapter 1. Paul gives you the list of, of darkness, okay? And, and there's a list, a wide range of lists, okay? And, and yes, okay, there is homosexuality, and okay, yeah, that passed this week, but get the point. There's even disobedient to parents on this list, okay? And the point is, is if you're standing for darkness, then you are not following the light, okay? That's the point that we're trying to make. That's the, the point that God is speaking to us, is that if you are going to follow God, Jesus Christ, then you must not be in darkness, not walking in darkness. And it truly bums me out because, again, there's a lot of people who proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they're standing and accepting sin. And Paul says in Romans, even if you're not doing these things, if you are approve of them, you are guilty of them. Read it in your Bibles, Romans chapter 1. That is what the Word tells us, okay? This means, you guys, the acceptance of sin is darkness, which means sin is not of God, which means that sin is not of Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to decide or believe that it's okay, Jesus would be okay with it. That is a lie straight from the gates of hell. <laughs> because Jesus is not okay with it. He is not okay with it because he stands clearly in his word. Those who follow me shall not walk in darkness. Again, if you walk, if you say you have fellowship with him, you walk with him, you walk with God and Jesus, but you still walk in darkness, you lie. You lie. 
And Revelation 21, you guys, this is hardcore. I was like, man, I don't want to read it. <laughs> I was looking at it last night over and over, and I'm like, God, but Lord, I believe that you took me to it. Revelation 21 says this in verse 8. It should be on the screen. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's a sober, like bringing your senses right to the ground, you know, just like, holy smokes. If I'm walking in darkness, if I'm accepting darkness, I'm a liar as John wrote in 1 John. (laughs) Therefore, if my heart doesn't change, and if I don't start following Christ as he says, follow me and you shall have the light of life, then my spot is reserved in the lake of fire. But here's the good news. You have opportunity by the grace of God to turn away from that by his strength. He can pull you away from that. He can set you free from that. And he can take that and he can forgive you of those things this morning, especially the sin of lying. So what's the point? Truly understand who you proclaim. Truly understand who you represent. If you proclaim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then understand what he stands for. Instead of just saying, I'm a believer in Jesus, I follow Jesus, I go to church. Well, then do you know what Jesus Christ stands for? If not, the information is right here in the Bible. It will tell you what he stands for. Back to John chapter 8. The Pharisees did not believe that Jesus was the light of the world. Continuing on in verses 13 through 20. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. Verse 15, You judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Verse 19, then they said to him, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury, and he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. So we see that the Pharisees and the scribes and those who are around did not believe that Jesus is the light of the world. They said, your witness is not true. They didn't believe that he was God. They didn't believe that he was the light of the world. But then Jesus responds and says that he knows that his witness is true. And he points out to the Pharisees, to those who said, your witness is is false. You bear witness of yourself. He says to them, you judge And guess how man can judge? The only way that man, you and I, can judge the same as them is by the flesh. You cannot judge the heart of man. That is God's area, okay? And so he is saying, I don't judge like you judge. I don't judge according to the flesh. I judge according to what is in the heart of man. And so he reveals that to these people. He reveals to them that they are judging based on their physical appearance. 
That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.